Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and returning, I can't remember what number episode this is, but returning, Craig Smith of the Pods and Sods Network. How you doing, Craig? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, we're kind of doing a little off-the-cuff uh, episode for Prince Month here, and I'm super, super excited about, about that, uh, just to kind of give the listeners a little update. So... This month was originally much going to be like much more involved. I would think I was going, try, I was trying to match the gauntlet that you ran some, I think in 2017 of having an episode every week on Prince. <laughs> that was my original plan. And then life kind of kicked me in the nuts. And uh, I kind of, I, I was dealing with some shit and I just didn't have time to like follow up on emails and get stuff set up. And then I found, and by the time like life had kind of settled down again, we're like two weeks left in april so that that big run did not happen but i had a i had an album review planned with someone and then that person canceled oh so, man so uh, I, I just i just decided like you know there's plenty going on in the prince world to talk about and i figured you would be the guy to talk about it with so here we are i'll, I'll do my best to uh be your companion here uh can i just open with a bit of news sly yeah. dog yes, did you do. did you hear that um jack white might be releasing the Camille album on vinyl. I did. I'm, I'm super pumped about that. I would, I would actually, uh, that'd be one of the few vinyls I would purchase recently, honestly, because I would love to have that. Like, you know, we have all the songs, but like, there's something about having it and the sequence. Yeah. 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 I, I would love to have that as a standalone piece. And I would love even more for your episode on that because you could just have something, you know, like Sly Dog meets Scarlet Pussy. Like you, it, there's, there's so many places you can go with this. And I, I look forward to hearing them all. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to keep that in mind now. That might, that might have to be part of next year's Prince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, 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 you've thrown down the gauntlet. All right. Well, by the way, uh, we, we, you know, we've been trying to get this going for a while and I did tell you it was because of work, but it was really because I'm moving and it took me weeks to unpack this shirt <laughs> uh from minnesota so uh yeah everything about work where did you get that by the way because i didn't i didn't see that while i was there for those that can't see it's uh basically the state of minnesota with a prince logo in it yeah and there's a uh uh you got this on the uh the the twin i think that i think that's twins i don't know twin yeah how do you sports ball yeah yeah exactly uh so uh, I saw this shirt at the Minneapolis airport. There's a Prince store there, or there was, I don't know if it's still there. I was there a couple years back and we'll probably get to why uh, later on in the episode, but they didn't have it in my size. And um, podcast enthusiast, Andy Shaw, who some of you might know, uh, happened to be there and saw it and picked it up for me and, and sent it over. So uh, I, I finally got one. Shout out to Andy Shaw and bacon times a hundred. Yes. Don't you know? Yep. Uh, I, I hope he's out of jail for those uh, stocking charges. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, no. But I think the store is still there from what I've heard recently. I just, uh, that day in the airport, like we were, I remember like we got there and we were eager to get to uh, the Airbnb after a long day of travel. And then when we were sure. leaving, uh, we, we were trying to catch our flights. So I didn't really get to explore that much, unfortunately. But next time, that like that's on my little list of like, because I'll, I'll talk more about it later, but I want to go back to Minnesota because that was great. Yeah, I used to go there every year um, 
probably maybe about 10 years back. I is probably about when I stopped going, but I went every year for like seven or eight years around um, Christmas time. And it's just a great, great place to visit in the winter. Most people would think I'm nuts for saying that, but I'm on vacation. I have no need to leave a hotel unless I have a show I'm going to or something like that. So I was content just like sitting in a room watching the snow and, you know, being generally lazy. But I, I love Minneapolis. I, I can't wait to get back there again. Well, as someone who grew up in the Midwest, I can tell you that's the way to enjoy the snow. Once you've been in it for a couple months, the insanity does start to set in and you wonder if you're ever going to get out of it. Right, right. <laughs> True. All righty. So, uh, yeah, I've got a little set list of stuff we're going to go through today. Let's uh, let's see what the first one is on my list here. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, Prince of the Revolution, uh, live in Syracuse, re-release. This is a... Uh, the next release that's coming from the estate. I'm, I'm super pumped about this because uh, the first time I saw this thing was uh, the Purple Rain Deluxe. Yeah. Uh, they put it in there as a DVD. And uh, at the time it was, uh, it was kind of like my first like live intro to Prince. I was still like, that was still in the first year of my fandom. So like yeah. I was hungry for anything from Prince at that point. And I remember watching it and being a little disappointed with the quality. Like it wasn't the best. Like it kind of was grainy a bit. But that that was, video transfer did no um, favors to the amounts of reds that oh God. were on that stage. Like, and that that happens with video, you know. Anyway, but the stage was so red and so blue that like it, it was a tough show to shoot. Uh, so you know, actually getting decent quality out of it, which it seems we're going to um, from the new version, is uh, much much appreciated. It, it's when you said. Uh, that you first, when you first saw it, it gave me a memory of getting it from Video Village in 1985 or 1986 uh, on renting the VHS and recording it onto a cassette, <laughs> you know, with a uh, uh, with line out cables. Uh, so I know the audio of that show very well. Um, yeah, I. It's always been a little bit of a always. That's a ridiculous thing for me to say. I think they did such a great job on the 1999 and sign of the times boxes that the purple rain box kind of in comparison, not as great. The fact that it's got the show in it was nice, but the fact that they've gone back and actually remixed the show and are, are releasing it on vinyl, it's bringing at least that portion of it more in line to the live vinyl and high res that we got on the, um, on the last two box sets. So I'm super excited about that. I'm actually more excited about listening to the remix than watching it um, because the, the remix sounds amazing. Absolutely amazing on the, and that's on the compressed YouTube clips that, you know, uh, that they released. So I'm super looking forward to, to this whole thing. Yeah, as I always say, I have more time to listen to music than I do to watch it. So that's mm -hmm. definitely a big thing for me. I'm curious, so you, you rented it back in the day. Did it have that kind of same, like, washed out issue on VHS? At the worse, time? worse, worse. It was, um, so it was never, it wasn't released on DVD officially until that Purple Rain box you mentioned. So that's 2017? Yep. Yeah. So um, the videotape looked horrid. Years later, when I had two VC, when our when my family had two VCRs, I rented it again, tried to copy it, which made it <laughs> unwatchable. One one more generation removed from this is the worst possible thing that you can happen. It's like you know, it's like uh, late '80s Cinemax for a, uh, a 
a, a boy like me at that age, uh, <laughs> unwatchable. But um, yeah, I actually hunted down the laser disc hoping that it would be better. And it, it wasn't, it was as bad as the, the VHS. So it really was just the way it was. I don't want to say the way it was shot. We'll kind of find that out. It, I mean, the, the video that they posted on YouTube also looks great. It's, yeah. it's cleaned up. I don't know to what lengths or what they did to clean it up, but it looks much better, but yeah, it up until and even the DVD washed out as well. So yeah, th this is the first time hopefully that we'll get to see it in really, really good quality. Yeah. Or at least, you know, as much as they're able to restore it. Right. And I, I say, I say washed out, but it was still exciting to watch even for me because like, like I said, that was kind of like my first like live Prince experience. And it was kind of also my first experience with the, why the hell isn't he playing the full song? What the fuck are you doing? Stop that. No. Oh God. And now we've moved into a two minute version of Irresistible Bitch, which we're not going to get the full version of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, like that was kind of the start of my uh, love hate with live Prince because like, I, I love, I, I love him watching him live, but I want to hear the full song. Like, don't just give me a verse and a chorus and then just uh, into the next thing. Agreed. I, I think there are times where he got it right. Like, have you seen a love sexy show? That actually works. Yeah. I've yeah. Seen that. The love sexy. I mean, you're looking at what is essentially a two hour composed piece of music because yeah. it's all linked together with horn riffs and pieces of madhouse songs and things like that. And that, uh, is, is where it really works. Uh, but he, he kind of always did that, you know, Purple Rain at a point became a verse and just a guitar solo, you know, yeah. for for it might have even been the rest of his career. Um, it's something I got used to. But when I saw him live, uh, there were times where I was like, well, that was a nice minute of sometimes it snows in April. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. My, my highlight from the show is like a like the uh the computer view computer blue darling nikki section like i don't know why it is that just sounds so much more vicious live like the band just sounds like they don't they almost sound like a metal band at that point i don't know if that's because of the sound quality or if they just sounded that heavier live but like that computer blue and that performance is just nuts well you mentioned the darling nikki but that's just because you're horny the yeah. uh the computer blue <laughs> uh it's it's definitely in the, my top five prince songs and live God damn, that's one that I just really wish I could have seen. I saw Prince three times, and I really wish that's one that I, I could have seen live. I think that just that, and even the the long versions that circulate of that, they're very close to oh, the live version. Um, it's just one of those where if that, it was recorded, I believe, I, I hope so, because if not, my, my story is going to be total shit. <laughs> but I think that was recorded in the warehouse, and you can hear that room on the recording if that song was recorded anywhere else it just would not have that magical vibe that this has i mean they captured and to me on you know on purple rain it's 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 hard to pick bad moments on that record but computer blue is just head and shoulders above even purple rain for me uh, you know i i think computer blue just for me hits all the bases and just that Da -na -na -na. Oh yeah. man, when it when it gets into that groove, and then da -na -na -na, and then and then it just keeps, uh, you know, repeating and answering itself. 
um, music composed by Prince's father, John L. Nelson. Uh, just what a home run that song is. If I had to take what you know what, I'm, I'm going to say it. If I had to take one Prince song with me forever, it would be Computer Blue. No nice. question. Uh, one of my favorite Pods and Sods quotes is, I, I don't remember if it comes from the Purple Rain re- Review itself Uh-oh. or the album, my album, is you describe it as building to a climax and then it collapses into a towel in itself and we get foul- father song. So, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what happens. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think it's live, too. I think it's like the only overdub I could imagine on that song is like the uh, the computer voice, you know, poor, lonely computer. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that was the only stuff added later because it's just. Yeah, that 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 song just reeks of jam session yeah a good one now just speaking of jam could fish, could fish do it computer blue yeah you know what it, the one thing that uh that does bother me about fish and prince is that the song i mean they've done 1999 but the song that in the older days they would go for was purple rain and john fishman their drummer would sing it more as a gag <laughs> and for a band that could probably tear the shit out of purple rain and and make it epic they you know they they didn't you know it it became more of a joke and this was you know years before prince passed but um i i would love to hear fish throw down with a computer blue i'd love to hear fish throw down with any great prince song yeah you know one that's got like a, a bit of heft and composition to it and isn't you know just like a kind of a poppy banger like they could do they could do great things with you know some stuff from sign of the times you know some deeper oh, yeah. cuts would be like great play in the sunshine that would be really cool oh man i'd love it imagine that opening a tour god damn that would be huge mm-hmm. really huge yep. shout out to fish and that's right the last thing now, now take to- take note of of where you're at in this episode so that you can mention anybody that doesn't want to hear me talk about fish <laughs> just skip ahead 40 seconds and it's done <laughs> we're over it we're fine and i only said it because he asked that's all i didn't <laughs> that- i didn't bring this up this is all on you slide dog <laughs> hey I'll, I'll take it i'll take it because <laughs> i love fish too uh the last thing i wanted to touch on was i've totally missed this because i haven't been you know like i said last month been really busy Apparently the fans were not so happy with this announcement of the release from what you posted on Facebook of the live, yeah, the live yeah. 85. Yeah. So look, Prince's estate is, I, I, I pay very little attention to this because I just really don't care. Uh, but from what I understand, his estate is a bit of a shit show. However, and the, the Facebook comments are always full of, this is not what he would have wanted. He would not have wanted this to be remixed. He would not have wanted this album to come out. Well, you know what? He, this is how he left his affairs. So this is, this is what happens. As a Prince fan, I, I'm a guy who took that 700-page vault book and turned it into a spreadsheet so that I could have a checklist of what I was missing. So I will take anything that the estate wants to give, especially around this era. I mean, the sweet spot for me really goes up to sign of the times and then just, you know, bursts after, but, you know, between controversy and sign of the times, anything they put out that I don't have, have not heard. I, I want it and I will pay money for it. And that does not bother me in the least. I don't care who, who is getting the money from this Prince. This is the way I look at it. Prince 
recorded so much music and for a period of his life complained that he was not allowed to put out as much music as he wanted. So now put it all out, put out everything that was there. I, I would love if they had just like released every fucking thing digitally and just a buck a song, a bucket take two bucks, whatever, you know, I, I said this about the monkeys catalog as well. Just like, I would love something like, I'm not a Dylan fan, but I've heard enough about those Dylan box sets to know that it's goddamn everything in those things, you know, and uh, the Prince box sets come close. I would love to just get everything possible. I think it would be great. And, you know, some of it's great. Some of it won't be. And you can be the judge of what you want to listen to or not, you know, Um, but I would love to see more more archive stuff, more vault stuff. People were more mad about, I think, I think more what it stems from was that it was released on DVD in the purple rain box. And now they're kind of redoing it and and making quote unquote, you buy it again. But I, I think that, you know, for me, the DVD in the purple rain box was a bonus. That was not an expensive box set. It was four discs. And if I have to pay another, whatever, depending on whether I want the vinyl or the Blu-ray, I have absolutely no problem doing that. I think it's more people that don't want to buy it again and or they're not going to buy anything Prince because they have a problem with the estate. Yeah, yeah. It seems like that. The fandoms are weird, as we've talked about before, but the Prince one, oh my God. It, it's a mixture of that. It's a mixture of like worshiping almost him almost like he's a deity. Mm-hmm. And then there's just the regular fans, the, the, the sane ones. <laughs> yeah, I... I I have no reason to disbelieve anything about, you know, what has come out about Prince uh, after his death. And, you know, uh, the talk, I have a very complicated relationship with Prince as a human being. I was not a huge fan of his, his religion switch, which, you know, was harmful to past band, band members and probably also in the end harmful to him because it, kept him from doing things that may have helped his health you know again that's speculation no one will ever know but that's how i feel about it so for me you know it's it's tough to to kind of reconcile prince with the uh with the love that i have an obsession that i have towards his music however in the fan circles the amount of people that are convinced that and I, I don't really know how deep we want to go into this, but convinced that there's foul play, convinced that, and the people that don't know him. Right. And, you know, my stance has always been, well, you know, I hope this isn't the case, but I don't know Prince. I don't know if he did this. I don't know if he didn't. Um, I only know what he put out there, what I know about his religion and what he said about it gives me then the the basis to form an opinion other things that are speculative about whether uh you know there was foul play in his death uh drug addiction i mean there it signs point heavily towards it you know prescription drugs uh there are people that just won't accept any of that stuff and i just my my kind of point of view has always been you know i i hope that's not true and if it is that's really fucking horrible you know but, you know, people tend to speak for people they idolize and, you know, 
we get to the they can't do no wrong kind of thing and i i that's definitely not the case with prince i think that you know once in a while he did wrong absolutely i mean i the, the i really got that from after reading my taste book like that there was some stuff exactly where i was going yeah that was hard that was hard yeah. to read man it, it was a tough one yeah but yeah. you know what even for my taste book and again, the fan base would be like, I can't believe like there are people that are uh, upset about any book that comes out on Prince or when Sheila E posts about what is she doing talking about Prince? Just let these people fucking live their lives. Right. They were close to Prince. You were not. If they want to tell their story, let them tell their story. If they want to do a tribute, let them do it. You know, uh, and if they benefit from it, that's their business and not yours, you know? Right. Uh, decide whether you want to be part of that or not. And if enough people decide they don't want to be part of something because they think that it's a, it's a wrongful money-making thing, then that'll all wash out. Just, you know, it, 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 it all evens out. So yeah, I don't know. All of it's really frustrating, but the Maite book, I, I think even for the horrific things that happened in their relationship, I think that she, it did not come off like a tell-all book. No, I think it was very, very honest. Even after their split, you know, she's level-headed about their relationship. I thought Maite's book was really, really good. And again, it's one person's side of the story, but I, from what I took away from it, I, I thought it was very well worth reading. I agree. I, re- I recommend that one strongly. And you're gonna you're gonna find a little bit of that in every book. You'll find that in Morris's book. You'll find that in you'll sure. really find that in. Uh, brown mark's book that book is uh that's yeah. a dow- that's a dower read if there ever was one yeah i didn't read that uh i probably will at some point but um you you read the book then i i did it it's not bad it's just i it, it's just very much I, just my perspective i feel like he focuses a lot on the negative yeah and it's also really short like it's oh really, really sh- it's a really short read like you go through it like you, a lot of it's the early days of minneapolis which is cool then he joins prince's band and we go through that and then there's maserati and that's kind of it right yeah like i wouldn't have minded some post prince stuff in his book like i don't know he he seems like an interesting dude i would have i wouldn't have minded to hear more from him so like yeah just it it was definitely like if you want to know what happened in the prince years there it is and that's kind of all you get right right but yeah so kind of wrap this portion of it all up really excited for this release and uh yeah I, I i can't wait i've got my pre-order in for the the cd and the the blu-ray i think that comes with it so awesome bring it on i'm sure you've ordered the vinyl i have not ordered yet just because i'm strapped oh, yeah. for this move that's right but, i forgot <laughs> um, yeah so everything everything has been put on hold and it hurts because when i don't get that on release date i'm gonna want to spin it you know uh so yeah i'm hoping i can get ahead sooner than later and you know, and get that to, I, I, I want to get the deluxe just to add it, you know, uh, alongside all the others for print stuff. I'll buy the deluxes. Absolutely. Cool. And here I'm going to put a little bit of, uh, I'm going to put the live version of let's go crazy. So. Ooh. Syracuse and the world. My name is Prince. And I've 
right. So speaking of the estate, I think this is the perfect segue into uh, talking about what's going on with Morris. Uh, oh boy. So there's been the estate has kind of changed hands to Comerica Bank, and Morris has been touring as Morris Day in the time for a, for years now, for yeah. decades. And I know him and Prince had their little their little tips about it. Like there was a period where there was a time reunion album and Prince wouldn't let them use the name. So they had to call themselves the original seven. Right. So like th- th- this has been an up and down issue, but I do know if, if you've read Morris's book, it sounds like right at the end there, they kind of mended fences and Prince was very much cool with him going out as Morris day in the time and doing his thing. And now it seems like the estate is going, yeah, no, yeah, you, you can't do that. And I, I was kind of surprised by that because uh, I feel like, doesn't this only add like value to that stuff? Like it only adds value to Prince. Like it puts the music out there, you know, puts the history out there. Like, why would you want to stop him from doing this? Right. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely team Morris on this. I I saw some kind of post uh, that was in response from the estate saying that Morris had it wrong. Um, But I, at that point, I kind of stopped following it, but you know, I, I see no reason for for this to happen. There's no reason to need to do this, um, especially. I mean, it's it's this dude's livelihood. It's 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 what he does, and he was doing this very very early in the beginning with Prince, and I think that that gives him the right to use that name. Uh, but you know, that's why I have the job I have and, you know, (laughs) other people have jobs that affect Morris day and, and the use of the name. I, I, I'd love to know the, the specifics and truth about it. I kind of feel like, you know, maybe on both sides, there might be a little bit of, uh, and I, I, again, speculative, anything can be misunderstood uh i want to um not think that the estate would be so petty as to do something like this but um i don't know we've seen weirder things i don't like it i i think mars should absolutely be allowed to use the name right and part of me wonders if it has worked itself out at this point because I see him announcing shows on Facebook all the time. And like the poster for the show has the name Morris Day and the time on it. So yeah, I, I did see a couple posts from him afterwards where he was still kind of beating the drum about it. Yeah. So even after uh, the estate's response, but I haven't seen anything in a while after that. Uh, so it's possible that it, that it could have hopefully, you know, there's a, it, it's a really weird history with Prince, Prince and Morris. Like after reading that yeah. book, like they, they had their ups and downs uh, there was one thing that sticks out to me was the time was supposed to open all of the musicology tour. And then last minute Prince was like, Oh, you're only doing select dates. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, they had that weird kind of back and forth. And then the time was supposed to open some dates on the 3121 tour, like a spe- like someone's in a, the Minneapolis area and Prince pulled the plug last minute after the band was already in town. Yeah. And that really sat bad with Morris. I remember. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Team Morris on that too. Yeah, it's you yeah. know, and you you mentioned you know the religion kind of being harmful like to people around him. Like Morris tells a story in the book where they recorded a whole album together in like 2004, 2005, and it's just sitting there. And Prince yeah. wouldn't release it unless he 
unless he converted. Wow. So, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That, that was the condition that completed the whole record. You know what? I'm not surprised by that because have you heard the Kevin Smith story? Uh, I've, is that, I've, I've not heard that. I just kind of like heard the ending about, you know, and the motherfucker didn't even play bat dance. Yeah. So in short, um, Prince or Paisley Park or Prince's management or whoever asked Kevin Smith to film a documentary on Prince. So he came to Paisley Park for a week um, and started filming and then realized in the middle of it that he was not filming a documentary about, about Prince. He was filming a documentary about Jehovah's Witnesses. And um it's on one of Kevin Smith's DVDs. He would do like Q and A's at, at, um, at venues. And one of them was released on DVD and it tells the, the whole story and it's fascinating and it's believable. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, he, it's, he came away not feeling great about the whole experience, but he puts that kind of punchline on it about that dance. Uh, but you know, it, it's just another story about how he was kind of, you know, the, the the religion just overtook him so much that it just became everything became that I think changed always, song lyrics all you know that whole deal yeah yeah sexuality becomes spirituality get off gets gets a really that's awkward. that that's my favorite one 21 <laughs> scriptures in a one night stand yeah. instead of positions uh that one is just i mean that's spinal tap <laughs> laughable at that point that substitution that's just you know that's just i don't care what your religion is that's just that's silly that's a very silly substitution right just leave it out at that point just don't don't play the fucking song what if you're a jehovah and you are so dead set against sexual lyrics don't fucking sing get off don't (laughs) what are you doing you know it it was it, it it does perplex me sometimes like what he thought was okay and what wasn't after yeah, it's not like because... the, the rest of the song is not it's not singing about Jesus. No. It's also about fucking. Yeah. Let's get this straight. So it's kind of weird like changing one word of a song isn't changing what the song means. And I probably have it on fairly good authority. Prince didn't stop fucking when he changed religion. So all of it just sits really oddly with me. I can, I could appreciate it more if he was like growing up and he was like, yeah, I'm not kind of feeling the, you know, singing about pussy these days yeah, uh, and toning it down a bit, but changing positions to scriptures is just, it's comical, it's comically awesome. bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Prince a- for as good as Prince was, he did absolutely insane, stupid shit like this. Thank yeah. you. Exactly, and the dude is late. There's my controversial moment. You always get one. (laughs) Nah, that 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 could be that that'll go over just fine. I was gonna say Prince has laid more pipe than Exxon at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna end it here. You can take it for the rest of the show. (laughs) The 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 one song I was always confused that got by because I've noticed he played it a lot later in his career was from. uh, gold experience he kept that one in the set i'm like that's like like you're banging a girl on the kitchen counter man like yeah like how does that that get by but dance music sex romance has to become like dance music sweat romance or something like that (laughs) oh my goodness black white puerto rican it's the lord y'all are seeking (laughs) how's that 
he should have had me write lyrics for him. Could have thrown, yeah. thrown it back in there. <laughs> oh God, you could do a whole podcast just like like Prince lyrics that need to be rewritten, and that's oh, Jesus Christ. You got to rewrite all of Dirty Mind now. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I'm up for it. It would be our, our next episode. Just trade back and forth, impromptu. We could do this. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Uh, but to, to bring it back to Morris, I will say, uh, yeah, I'm Team Morris, and yeah. uh, I hope. I hope to catch him live again. He's the only member of like the Prince world I've seen live other than Sheila E. And he is. Oh, really? Fantastic. Like that show, that yeah. show was so cool. You, um, you recommend his book then? I, I haven't I read do. his book either. I do. I, I, have, I have a second copy. I can actually send you because uh, someone. Gifted I would love me, that. Yeah. Someone gifted me a signed copy. So I have a spare. I can send you. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely take the unsigned. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'll share this memory from the, uh, the Morris day show. Uh, so I, I remember going and my wife was sick and how do I say this? It was a very, uh, I, I stuck out in the show in that um, it was a very darker show, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We, were the, we were some of the few white people there. That's the only way to say it. We were some yeah. of the few white people and everybody was just impressed that I knew all the songs. I was up dancing. <laughs> like, like, great. like, 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 so Mara was sick. So she sat down the whole show. She's like, people were like, entertained by you like the mm-hmm. whole time like because like that show was like a marathon like get up started and there was like no drop in energy until we got to gigolos get lonely too like, yeah it was just it was a workout that's great that show that's fun. great yeah i'd love to see uh see more sometimes i've never seen him but i would love to yeah all right i'm gonna put uh i think i'll put i'm gonna put blondie here
So next up uh, is potentially the next deluxe release. I've heard, I follow a bunch of Prince people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next the next deluxe, super deluxe might be Diamonds and Pearls from what I'm hearing. Uh, but I've also heard talk that there's a completed Parade box set. So Oh my God. Yeah, I, I know which one I prefer and I'm sure we both prefer Parade. <laughs> yeah, I, I for me, it's kind of like... Um, I really just want them to kind of bridge gaps. So, you know, we have 1999 and Purple Rain. If we just had something that covered around the world in a day and parade or even two boxes, I would love to just get that stretch from 1999 to Sign of the Times, even Breathe to Love Sexy. And I'd probably be happy with that. Um, Diamonds and Pearls to me, I, I, to me, the first kind of like I, I was even in for Graffiti Bridge. I know that's where a lot of people started to drop off, at least people my age that I knew. Um, but I was all in for Graffiti Bridge. Loved the movie, obviously. <laughs> yep. um, and, uh, and then Batman was kind of where it started to be like, okay, well, I don't, it's good, but I don't love this as much. Like every Prince album was an event for me until Batman. And Diamonds and Pearls was, I, I just, I don't love his uh, dalliances with rap. Um, and in fact, it kind of marks a, um, it marks a, a, a change to like a jazzier sound that really, really sticks. And it's, it's not what I prefer. I don't dislike it. But when I reach for Prince, it's usually not that. Diamonds and Pearls is probably in the, if we're looking at like the first half of the Prince catalog, it's definitely very, very, very near the bottom for me. I just never really kind of gelled with that record. It's a strange one. I feel like there's two records fighting each other on, the, on that album because I feel like this is my, my fan theory about why Diamonds and Pearls is the way it is. Mm-hmm. So even though Batman did pretty well, uh, you still got Graffiti Bridge before that, which did eh, at best. Yeah. And then Love Sexy, 
was actually I, wait do i i have those backwards don't i i think so yeah because yeah I, batman's 89 okay yeah so batman is kind of where i started to lose it, but graffiti bridge was like a, a huge step up for me and then it kind of just the steps you, changed after that yeah pulled you back in for a second and then yeah yeah definitely go. uh yeah but it seemed like love, from Love Sexy, there's kind of like a downward trajectory a little bit. Yeah. And I think yeah. Prince knew that if I don't have a hit or something, or if I don't like do something that pushes sales up a bit, I might get dropped or I'm not going to have the same kind of like, like push and pull at the label that I used to, or just not have the ability to do what I want to do. So I, my theory is this started out as what was going to be the, the follow-up Prince album and songs like Money Don't Matter Tonight yeah. Uh, what else is on the track list? Money Don't Matter Tonight, uh, Live for Love, uh, Strollin'. Yep. To me, that's all stuff that, in my mind at least, that's probably the songs he started with. And then he's like, okay, I need to inject some pop in here. What, what do we got? And that's where that's where you get Get Off. That's where you get yeah. Cream. That's where you get Thunder and Daddy Pop. Like, he starts to do these kind of new Jack Swing-flavored songs. Yeah. And that's kind of why the album is... The way it is, I think I even remember reading in my taste book that like he said, like he said something to her, like he was ready to move on to the next one before it even came out, but he had to do it so they could do the Love Symbol album. Yeah, so right. I wonder if this record sometimes was just a means to an end for him. It feels like you could lump parts of it with the Love Symbol album, you know, definitely. You kind of feel the seeds planted there, right? Right, yeah. But Love Symbol, I don't know, like, I like Love Symbol a lot more, like, even though it's- Oh, I do the, too. It's got the new Jack elements, but I don't know, it feels more- genuine. Songs are better. Yeah. You know, uh, like, uh, you have, like, I, I don't, there, there are songs on the Love Symbol album that are just so, so good. Um, the likes of which like he hadn't hit those highs for me in a few years. So love symbol was, you know, another nice step up for me. Um, I mean, stuff like three chains of gold, the morning oh, yeah. papers, come on the morning papers. Just so, so good. That's one of the, well, that's one of his best power ballads. That's just definitely crushing. I love, I love it. Yeah. Three yeah. chains of gold. That's an epic. Uh, the record that record's a little long but it doesn't feel like it most of the time like when you're in the right mood that one you know even something like the max like it just hits really well a lot better than, than something like jughead does right diamonds and pearls yeah but like I there's think, nothing i really want to skip when i'm listening to the love symbol album even the lesser songs just kind of don't make me want to go out of my way but diamonds and pearls i'll be like yeah i'm not enjoying this song you know so it's it's definitely even though it's shorter um um it's definitely not a straight through listen for me and the bonus stuff you would get with parade the parade release a little oh, more like God. old friends for sale yeah uh, there's others here with us like i'd love to have stuff like that in like a better form because like all we have of some of that stuff is grainy at best yeah, yeah it's it's great to hear you talk about those songs because i first heard those on a bootleg vinyl that i bought in 1987 or 88 maybe called charade and it had old friends for sale uh in all my dreams there's others here with us but and i was so disappointed when old friends for sale was released and it was just completely redone that original is such a it'll tear your heart out it's yeah it's one of the best things he ever did it's a shame he you know felt the need to unpersonalize it um, 
but yeah, everything from Parade. Parade is such a great pocket for me. I love the Claire Fisher orchestration on that stuff. It's just uh, everything, everything in that period of time, just, it felt like you couldn't really do wrong at that point. Like if you buy an album of outtakes as a kid and they're all good, you're like, what, what is this? I'm used to buying bootlegs with like, okay, these are the shitty songs that they left off. This is the, this is the Beatles song, 12 bar original that, you know, (laughs) or if you've got troubles, there's a reason those songs were not released. You listen to these and it's like, this could have been a double album as good as sign of the times, maybe better for me. I parade is often probably the, the top of the pile for me. So I would love a deluxe parade. So don't tease me with that. Uh, <laughs> if, if you don't mean it, I, I've, I've heard multiple times that it's completed from someone that's like, he, he tends to like, he must be somehow jacked in because he posted something like before the originals even announced that we were going to get an album of songs Mm. where it was Prince doing songs that had been released by other artists and sure enough we got the originals and then he was like okay 1999 box set is coming and then sure enough official announcement happens so wow I I, I trust this guy this guy like he, he's been pretty accurate before he said he said the parade box set is done there's just no release date for it wasn't there I feel like there's there's something weird with the albums that are tied to films that yeah. somehow the rights you probably know more about this than I do. Like there, there, there was a reason that purple rain came out when it did because they might not have been able to release it after a certain point, or that's the reason they can't do parade or graffiti bridge. Maybe. Okay. That, that, that I, did, I that, read it somewhere. That question didn't go where I thought it thought it was going to go. Oh, well then I, I want to hear where you, where you thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to go with more like uh, I see that more as would be an issue with Batman where that was, the studio basically commissioned him to write an album of songs. Okay. That makes where, sense. Whereas that, cause so basically I'm pretty sure the studio, the movie studio owns Batman, but I, I'm pretty sure purple rain and parade while they are technically soundtracks, you could say they did start live, start lives as, al- as albums. So I don't That's know true. That, that the movie studio owns those because look at the greatest hits collection. Like you, you don't get the Batman song on the greatest hits collections. But on That's the hit true. you get you get songs for you get songs from Purple Rain. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can like search Facebook and find what it was. It, it could have even been like a year or two ago at this point. It's just something that stuck with me that made me think that yeah, we probably might not get a parade box for a while. But God, I would love to see one. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'd, I'd love one for for like that whole classic run from like I I'd love to do, you, you could you do it up to Gold Experience. That's that's how I think. That's how far I think you gotta go. I think I'd be happy with that. Uh, Gold experience would be another one I'd love to see. It's it's probably his his last. Um, I want to think of the right adjective for this. His last beginning to end amazing record. Uh, I think. I think there's one more after that, but it's much later. I okay. Think, I think artificial age is the last the last great one all the way through. I'll have to I'll have to give that a listen again. Yeah, that I really like that album, but yeah, yeah, it's been I, a while after, since I've after listened Gold to it. Experience. You're right; it does get uh, it does get choppy for for a while there. Yeah, and I was wrapped up in the um, 
the whole name change. And this is when you could walk into a tower records and there would be uptown magazine there, which was a Prince fanzine, which, Oh my God, it was, I can't imagine a better fanzine for an artist than uptown was for Prince. It's where I learned about the original configurations for dream factory becoming sign of the times Camille, like, all that stuff uh and and those kind of those things all are incorporated into the prince books like like the vault and even the the books the amazing session books that that Dwayne uh Tadal has put out um it's uh uh uh, uh um oh my god i totally lost my train of thought what were we talking about <laughs> uh the, the last fanzines oh yeah the fanzines um so yeah, like all that stuff is in there and, and even, even up to like the, the musicology era when he was, when he did the NPG MC, the music club right. and was releasing songs through there, I got really wrapped up into that. And so like, there's a level of excitement around things like that. Like, uh, you know, the, the unreleased songs coming out on the internet for the first time, him releasing records to people that are joining the club. Uh, and, and when things like that are, would go on in the Prince world, I would be hyper focused on that. And so gold experience was one of those times where like you had the glam slam Ulysses stage show. So you knew all these song titles. There was the beautiful experience around that time, like just a cluster. And that was a, a television uh, special, like all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I would get these magazines. I know all these song titles. Some of them ended up getting released on come, uh, you know, some of them just I, I'd hear on bootlegs, but it was like just so many titles floating around. And I was like, oh, my God, when are we going to be able to like hear all this stuff? So like gold experience finally coming out was just like after after waiting for it and these songs have been on ice for years and just like listening to it was finally like, well, yeah, well, this was worth the wait. Like this was, this is absolutely so good. And then just like emancipation happens and I'm like, well, it's good, but the gold experience was amazing. You know? Yeah. That was, that was a moment in time that like, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's hard to recapture that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say this to kind of wrap this all up. I'm looking forward to whatever comes, whether it's diamonds and pearls, whether it's parade, um, because just because like I'm interested in hearing unreleased prints, so what, what, whatever it is, you know, bring it on. I'll, I'll, I'll take more. And I'm gonna put. I think I'm gonna put. Get off here, since we referenced that later. Baby. 
here I am. Here I am. I got the jizz from a friend of yours named Vanessa Bed. She said she told a fantasy that got her all wet. Something about a little box with a mirror and a tongue inside. What she told me then got me so hot as that we could slide. Get up. 23 positions in a one night stand. Get up. I'll only call you after if you say I can. Get up. Here I am. Here I am. Get up. One, two, three, nine, little cutie. I ain't drinking. Scope this. I was just thinking. You trust me. What a ride. If you was thinking the same, we could continue outside. Lay your pretty body against the parking meter. Strip your dress down like I was stripping a Peter. I'm enjoy. Let me show you, baby. I'm a talented boy. Everybody, grab a party, pump it like you want somebody. Get up. So here we, so here we, so here we are. Here we are, my paisley crib. What you want to eat? I'm a toy. I don't serve ribs. You better be happy. That dress is still on. I heard the rip when you sat down. Honey, them hips is gone, but that's alright. I clock them that way. Remind me of something James used to say. I like them fat. <laughs> I like them proud. You got to have a mother for me. Now move your big ass around this way so I can work on that zipper, baby. Tonight, you're a star. And I'm a big dipper. Speaking of unreleased stuff, uh, so last year we got our first, I'd say, proper unreleased Prince album. Yeah, uh, we got "Welcome to America," which was, there was a lot of hype for this this uh, this album, Definitely. and it was an album that when it came out, I I I was kind of skeptical from the beginning because I don't, I don't know, like that that's that era of Prince that's really weird. Yeah, which we'll get into more of in a second, and it came out and. 
it was all right. Like there's stuff on there I really enjoy. I like the title track a lot. I like Born to Die, Running Running Game, uh, One Day We'll All Be Free. But I didn't think it was like there were people that were saying like this is a top ten Prince album. Like this is the yeah. this is like the best album since like uh, some people said said Sign of the Times. Like all right, calm down, calm down. Mm-hmm. Let's let's breathe for a second. But it, yeah. I think it, it it's fine. But I don't know that it's like that like groundbreaking like you just listened to it for the first time what did you think yeah i i i didn't rush to listen to it or buy it um it's it's good um but right off the bat i was kind of with with solo vocals that aren't prince and yes and also not lisa and wendy which and that's my own hang up but i don't want to hear anybody with prince that isn't lisa or wendy like that's that's they not only made great music they made magic together the what the three of them brought to each other just amplified all three of them so much you know the stuff that they came up with is otherworldly in terms of the 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 chords and the harmonies that they created together um so hearing anybody else on a prince record is going to leave me a little bit cold the songs are good. Um, Check the record was the one that kind of stuck with me. I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little rocker. Yeah, it, uh, you know, and it was catchy. Uh, I I the thing that I don't love about later Prince, and I, I I shouldn't even really paint the album with this brush, but he tended to lean in a little too heavily, in my opinion, into like one chord James Brown funk workouts, which is fine you know uh but you know once you've done it you've kind of done it like uh i i would probably put like a housequake in that category and housequake is great um but uh like the further they went on like you know they're 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 less songs to me and more not even jams as much as like uh a groove and while that's kind of great for me in a certain frame of mind sometimes it, on an album it doesn't always work for me and i kind of paint a lot of later prints this way um and and it might even be unfairly there there are quite a few albums i need to go back and revisit like i never dropped off i would say that probably all of my friends did or most but i never fully left i i bought every album same day if i could and uh, I, I never went through a period where I'm like, yeah, I, I just don't care. So I always stuck in there. But like listening wise, there were a lot that it was like I, I listened to once and it was like, OK, you know, this wasn't bad. I'll revisit it again one day, but I have no immediate recall of it or desire to put it on. Uh, doesn't I hope it doesn't make me less of a fan, but uh, it's kind of just the way that the later stuff was for me. So I kind of that's why I didn't jump on this. Um, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I, I do agree. The reviews I saw for it were just, uh, even, you know, some of the official reviews were like, this is just outstanding. I think, I think lyrically the message is, I yes. think that there are a lot of lyrics that, um, I actually wish he would have released, you know, while he was alive. It's amazing that this album was written and recorded, you know, over, 12 years ago considering where the world is now mm-hmm. uh it's it's 
you know, I, I think I like the message of it more than I love the delivery, but I also think that that has to do with like maybe the way it was recorded and kind of like just the too clean kind of like production. Maybe, I don't know that like, I, I kind of, I like Prince a little more raw, I guess. And maybe that's, maybe that's kind of where I draw the line in terms of the Prince stuff that I love and the Prince stuff that I'm, I'm like, okay, this is all right. It might just be down to like the sound of it. Like the sound of those early albums are really gritty, you know, even into like 1999 and purple rain still have a kind of, they still have a kind of dirtiness to them, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That guitar, that guitar tone. It's just, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and just like, uh, and I also prefer it when he, when he turns the guitar up, like I love to hear him play jazzy shit and he was amazing, but I want to hear him make that guitar scream, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you nailed it with, uh, yeah. Shelby Johnson, great vocalist. Like I, I can't take anything away from her vocally, but yeah, my, I, I always find myself thinking this is a Prince album. What yeah. are you doing? What yeah. are you letting happen here? Even like if you buy the deluxe, there's a live DVD that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Like he gives her solo spots in the show. In I'm the like, show. Yeah. I'm like, why are you like, you just did join repetition. You opened with join repetition. Why are you letting her sing, sing her own song now? Like, what is going on? You need on? a break. You need a cigarette after joy and repetition. Come on. You know what? That's f- uh, fair enough there. Fair enough there. And yeah. opening with it? God yeah. damn. I would have I would have creamed my fucking jeans if I was at that show. If he opened, if I ever saw him and he opened with joy and repetition, good goddamn. I, I would be inconsolable. Like that, <laughs> that would be it for me. Oh my God. Yes. Someone get Craig Craig a Gatorade and a string cheese. He'd, he'd lose a lot of protein. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I will say that Blu-ray that comes with the deluxe edition, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think it was shot to be released. I think it's like the footage that they put on the video screens. Yep, yep, yep. But it's cleaned up really well. It looks great. Like the set list, like Join Repetition, Seventeen Days, Yeah, uh, Controversy, um, Delirious. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff in there. Do you get um, enough of like a Seventeen Days on there, or do you get like a verse of it? You get you get a long extended eight minute Seventeen Days. Okay. Yeah. That I I should really. I should really grab that deluxe. I, I have been, um, you know what? Every time it's so weird. Every time I've seen the deluxe edition in a store has been out of state. I saw it when I was with Megan in Madison a couple of weeks ago. And then I saw it when I was in Chicago uh, a few months back. I've never seen it at a record store. I'd be more inclined to just buy it as an impulse buy. If I saw it in a record store and didn't have to like get on an airplane a couple of days later, uh, if I was in a neighborhood store here and I saw it, I'd be more inclined to buy it. Um, but I, I, I would like to check out that DVD. Yeah. Uh, the, the 17 days clip is on YouTube if you just want to get ahead of that. So yeah, I might have to, that, that, that is out there. I might have to check that out after this then. Yep. It's a great performance of that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's a cool release. It's funny. I remember right after it came out was it like came out and then a week later, I'm on a plane to rock and pod and talking to, to Sonny Pooty about it, and he had the same oh, reaction yeah. that we we did. He goes, he goes like, "There's not enough prints on this album." Yep, yeah, that's that's what it was, and and you know, I kind of I went to the wiki page, and it was talking about Morris Hayes doing like the synth embellishments and things like that, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, I I think I think that's what it is. I think it's not prints enough lyrically. It's prints, but like I don't feel enough prints on this. That might be kind of my issue with, you know, and and good on him for kind of. You know, there were uh, in, in various bands he's been in, he's laid back and, you know, let other people take a much bigger part. 
And, you know, that's kudos to him for doing that. Um, he obviously didn't have to, but I kind of, you know, I, I, it's not what I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah. Overall, not a, not a bad release. Like, cause like the Prince discography is pretty solid. Like the, like the, the, the worst Prince album is better than the best kiss album. Uh, I will say that right now. Wow. And you're a Kiss fan, right? Yes. Yes, I consider myself a Kiss fan. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. The criticism that I get when I talk about Kiss, you might you might take it over from me after <laughs> after that comment. But between between this episode and the one where I had my buddy Mark on just now and he and he was talking about his thoughts on Kiss, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, I, <laughs> so Di- Diamonds and Pearls just taking a a huge shit on the Elder. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I just I just know what I'd reach for now, like but right. between the two. Like I'd reach for diamonds and pearls, honestly. Like kiss now, I have to be in the right mindset oh, for these days these days. I'm not saying a word. Every time I'm on a <laughs> podcast, everybody's like everybody's like, oh, all you do is complain about kiss. Like I'm not asked about it. It's not like I I ladies and gentlemen, it's Craig Smith from the Paws and Saws. Let me tell you why I broke up with Kiss. Like that's that's not how this happens. Oh man, yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. Kiss. <laughs> I, was not, I was not expecting to work that in here. But, yeah. I wasn't either. Yeah, it, it happened. <laughs> oh god! But, but, now, I'll tell you, you got a double whammy because you not only brought up Kiss negatively, but you brought up Fish positively. <laughs> so expect a lot of people to unfollow you on Facebook. <laughs> this will this will be the first time i've pissed people off with an episode since the joe jackson one <laughs> by, the oh way, my God. by the way joe well, i don't know i i did listen to you and uh what's that guy jacko talking oh. about <laughs> blackie lawless's asshole for like four hours so i don't know that i would even throw joe jackson into this mix I'm just saying, his, I was not expecting his fans to be as upset with some of the things I said about about their. Dear oh, leader. so you got like the Sid Barrett crowd on you? Yeah, like, that's what happened. That's what happened with me. We yeah. we did a Pink Floyd episode, and we, you know, uh, dared to be honest about Sid Barrett's solo album, uh, the work of a tortured genius, perhaps, but listenable and well executed. It is not. And uh, it, it garnered us our first one-star review. Not only our first one-star review, but our first non-five-star review. So I understand about the, the fan base. Uh, and, and this person was also mad that we praised Kiss. So if I would have dumped Kiss years before, might have saved that one-star review and made it like a three. But yeah, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. How like how dare I skip the classical albums in the '90s? Even though I have no, I have no interest in talking about the classical albums in the '90s. In fact, the series was called Joe Jackson: The Pop Years. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would think that that should alert somebody to what they're listening to. Right. This is why fandoms are all you know. Social media, just in general, is horrible anyway. But fandoms, just like being able to see. Like I was talking to me, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you another exclusive okay. uh, because I think I'm going to cut this out of the episode that Megan and I did. Um, <laughs> we, we went to see Mickey Dolan's in Madison. And uh, at that point, the, the monkey's Blu-ray, which you have um, mm-hmm. experience with now. Uh, oh, is he getting it? There it is. Oh, good man. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Blu-ray was a controversial thing in the monkey's world. 
and uh, because of various reasons that are all water under the bridge. It ended up coming out. It was amazing. There were some things that we thought would be in there that weren't. It sucked for a couple days. What was in the box made up for it, and most people were happy. So after years of this being off sale and going on eBay for up to $1,000, probably more in some cases, it came back out. And, you know, there's an advertisement on Facebook and just these people that feel the need to, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a Blu-ray player. Okay. Don't buy it. Why do you have to comment that? Like, why do you have to comment everything that comes into your head? If something comes out and I don't want it, or, you know, I don't have the means to view it or listen to it. I, I say, well, okay, either I'm going to have to buy a Blu-ray player if I want to see this, or it's not for me. But either way, the world doesn't need to know what I think about this unless I post it as a, as a status and not a comment on like, you know, Rhino's post. Right. But like, I don't understand the people that need to like just everything that, that comes out just like, well, why aren't you, why, why can't you do this? Well, why isn't it this? You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's social media is so exhausting, but we, we went into this jag and I probably, I, I, the one I did on that episode was maybe a hundred times worse. So the fact where like I asked Megan to role play with me, people (laughs) commenting on the monkey's Facebook page. So as I listen back, I'm like, yeah, maybe this is <laughs> this might be where I have to draw the censoring line. Well, well if you do cut it out, send me the audio just so. Oh, I'll send I, you I, the I audio. Just, thank you. Yeah, I, I do want to hear that. And I will say this: one of my favorite things you ever posted on Facebook was, "No one forced you to get rid of your CDs, and no one forced you to get rid of your physical media. You did that yourself." Yeah, that's and another that's thing. How I feel. That's the other thing. People are complaining about. Well, I want to watch them on TV. Why aren't they streaming? Well, because they're not like there are rights issues. Yeah. Like, and the way everything. Yeah. Yeah. The way around this is to purchase it. If you want to watch it whenever you want, purchasing it is an option. We have gotten so far away from that in music and television, to be honest, it's more a subscription service for TV now, you know, that you hope you can manage to have one or two and not need 20 for everything you want to watch. But like, that's, that's the, and I always, I catch myself 99.9% of the time, but you know, just that there, there is that one time when I'm just like, well, you know, these things have been available for years. You got rid of your DVD player. That's on you. Don't be mad at, everyone else because the show is not streaming you had this and got rid of it you know you felt the need to not have a dvd player anymore this is on you the the, rhino does not need to release dvds of this a a format which is archaic at this point for you ah we were talking about prints yeah and uh move us into the next section i'm gonna put uh i'm putting check the record Seem like a girlfriend 
That's a jam. That is a jam. That's a booty jam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the last, the last little hit I have on my set list is uh, we've both now gone to Paisley Park and visited, and you Mm -hmm. did a whole podcast on it. And I kind of thought we'd uh, kind of trade experiences on it. So absolutely, you did did the super deluxe tour, right? Like the the best one you could do. I don't. uh, It was. It was not the lowest one. Were there three or two? There there Uh, were. there were three when I when I booked. I couldn't do the most expensive one because they didn't have one when I was there. So I did the second one. Okay. Yeah. It was either the second or the third. I can't I can't remember at this point which one it was. Um, but it was it was a longer tour than the the cheapest one. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Um yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I when I, I just starting with getting there, like it's so crazy. It was really crazy for me because like I said before, I grew up in the Midwest. Minnesota is not that much different 
than North Dakota, ex- in, like, you know, landscape wise. Yeah. So to be driving down this, this, like this interstate and it's just green and lush. And, like, I, I feel like there's part of my brain is going, the Prince estate is going to be in this area. Like that it yeah. just kind of like really fractured my brain for a second at first, but when we got there, man, it was so cool. So we parked and we walked up and they have you wait outside because, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the first thing thing I start I hear is Purple Rain is playing the song Purple Rain. It just felt so perfect for that to be playing as I got there. And then we went inside. You know, they take they take your phones, which is fine. You know, you don't need them for this experience anyways. Like, like yep. it, it leaves a pretty strong impression. It does. And I it. think that you know there is something to losing the experience when you're watching it through your cell phone camera. You know. Even though there was so much there I wish I could have captured, uh, there was also something to having the memory of it because uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes more interesting when you don't have the visual anymore. It's, uh, the memory is really, really strong of that place. Right. The memory is whatever you want it to be at that point. Yep. Paisley yeah. Park is in your heart. Exactly. Um, and th- from the se- I swear, the second I entered the building, and I don't know, it just, you feel the creativity there like there's yeah. something that, that place has a vibe it has a spirit it's, it's definitely alive in a way i know that sounds cheesy but it, it really is there, there's a magic to that place did you get that feeling too definitely uh you know they kind of the first kind of big place that you stand in is uh like that kind of open atrium where you're kind of facing the kitchen um the balcony is kind of all around you you see the doves Behind you is his honer guitar. Um, it's kind of like it's it's such a, a great spot to start in because it's it you see all these doorways and just like uh, the the wonderment of of what is to come is really strong at that point and it's it's so great and it's kind of like you know the tour kind of hits you bam 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 bam. there's just so much to see but that beginning where you're just kind of like standing in the atrium waiting to move is just such an awesome part because your imagination kind of really runs away with you um and and what you see after that is not disappointing in the least but uh just the excitement and the anticipation the anticipation was so great i i i loved it you yeah magical yeah not many words for what you feel when you're there but that's definitely one i would co-sign on yeah absolutely yeah that that, that whole like little like the, you, you you hear about all the parties that were there and like just like you you're part of it now all of a sudden which is which is really cool like yeah. even like just walking literally through that front door i looked up and you can see like there's like a little area where prince would look down on people as they came they came in and there's a photo of that on the back of the uh, Artificial Age album. And just seeing that, I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get, get out there and you see like, yeah, the different rooms. And they kind of turn you, at least on my tour, they kind of turn you loose to go explore the rooms that are open. Mm-hmm. So like you see the little controversy area, you go into the Sign of the Times room and there's the car. Yeah, like different rooms for every album or yeah. a, a lot of the early albums, which were cool because the walls were covered in like wallpaper that was just like blown up images from the records the tours reviews of the record you know newspaper articles um you know it wasn't just a room with like a couple things that pertain to the album like the walls were covered and then just a bunch of period stuff from that time amazing um yeah great great way to kick it off 
Yeah, wh- whether it be like something as simple as a drum set or a guitar yep. or a pair of shoes, like it's it, it's it's all there. And, and mainly like, recognizable. Like, you know, there's yep. a lot, you know what you're looking at without even needing like a, a little plaque to tell you what it is. Like all of this stuff is so, you know, e- I would think that even to like a casual Prince fan, you know, they know what they're looking at when yeah. they're looking at this room in this era. Yeah, it's insane. And I, ha- I had to laugh at one point because I noticed this while we were there. I noticed there was a black album room that is off limits to people. And I thought mm. that was just so appropriate because of given the history of the album, like part yeah. of me wonders, is it a joke or are they really working on something in there for the black album? I feel like that. It, I feel like that was the case when I was there too. It might've been, it might've been love sexy, but I mean, that would be kind of the same thing. Like it could be love sexy and the black album, you know, they're kind of, two sides of unless unless the love sexy room was open when you went yeah it was love sexy was open when i was there maybe Uh, i i would have to go back and listen to our episode it's been so long but i remember one of the rooms was in progress i don't think it was black album because that would have that would have struck a chord with me because i would have thought the exact same thing like is this on purpose yeah Uh, so yeah maybe they are just kind of like going going through them and still building i remember there was one maybe it was the love sexy that wasn't complete but prince's like outline was complete or his request and his like he had signed off on what it was going to look like um so like the interesting thing about this to me is that these rooms play as if they were all created after his death to tribute these albums and periods of time but there are absolutely like videos of Paisley Park with Prince uh, that show these rooms. And I was like, oh, my God, these rooms were actually like already underway and some of them already done, uh, which was just amazing to me uh, that he kind of had that idea because it seems very posthumous when you're in there. Uh, but yeah. the fact that he kind of had a hand in that is, you know, that that kind of makes it a little uh a little more interesting for me yeah it's strange to imagine you know planning your own uh i guess you could say gala of your life in a way so yeah that is an interesting thought to have the thing i remember about the love sexy room is uh there wasn't much in there in way in terms of like like stuff from the era but like there were a lot of video screens and there was and they were playing a performance of cool in there yeah i I remember that wow that's cool yeah that, that was a that was really interesting. So after they kind of take you through that area, you, you can also, I remember you can go in his office at one point. Yeah, yep, yep. And they kind of take you in the kitchenette area, which is really cool. Yeah, it was cool. The, the, thing- the office was really interesting to me because I was trying to eye up, like there were some records in there. Yeah. <laughs> there were some books and like, I'm just like trying to take it all in. And, you know, and it was one of those rooms where, and I don't mean to be morbid about this, but it was one of those rooms where I was like, is this kind of how it was when he was alive? If this was this how it was left, I don't think it was how it was left, but it, it, that was the room that more than any felt like it could have been left the way it was. I'm sure it wasn't for, you know, uh, legal reasons. And, you know, uh, he, he passed away in this place. So there was a lot of ransacking by, you know, authorities and things like that. So I don't expect that anything is left the way it was, but that was the one room where I was like, this could be, this could be like, you're walking in here when he was alive. Like you'd see his 
uh, like basketball shoes were in the corner, you know, just stuff, stuff like that. That was a really neat room to be in. Yeah, that was really cool. I remember craning and trying to see what the hell is on that CD stand in the corner. Uh, yeah. And there, are you talking about, there was like a podium with a book on it. Yeah. 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 Is that, yeah. 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 So yeah, it, that was, that was a trip. It, it did feel kind of like, like he could just walk in and be like, the hell are you doing in here? Right. <laughs> Good imitation. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, that, that, that that's bad. yeah. It's 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 very it's very literal. It's very like this. Not, mono, <laughs> not monotone, just just chill. Yeah. Yeah. Prince. Yeah, I could. I that's one I've never been able to master. Good on you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the next stop I remember on the tour being we're taken into this little room. We're all sat on these like director's chairs, and we get shown some video footage of Prince playing live. Yeah. And we got a uh, musicology tour. Okay. So we got uh, a lot of musicology rehearsals. And uh, a lot of great footage. Like I know Prince can play bass really well, but I'd never seen any video of it. So yeah. I, really, I got to see him just go to town on a bass guitar, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, so yeah, that was the uh, like a video editing room, and it was the room where when they would rehearse, at least you know from the 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 story I was told when I was there, you know when they would film rehearsals, they would sit in this room and watch, and this is kind of where Prince would be like. Yeah, you're you can't do this. You need to be doing this instead. So there was a very big, strong feeling of they all sat in this room and, you know, watched themselves rehearse. The one video that stuck with me, it was a later video with Third Eye Girl, and they were doing something in the water does not compute. Nice. Which is a song that until that point I never had really a, a big um uh, opinion about one way or the other but when i saw that i was like holy shit like this it was it was amazing you it, it was on vimeo somewhere i can't remember where it was filmed might have been the o2 there were actually people um from overseas on our tour that saw him at the o2 show that they were showing clips from yeah. uh, so that that was nice but there's a if you can find it uh, I think it's on Vimeo. It's it's something in the water, and they uh, you can tell because on the stage they have these kind of poles that have uh, these these they look like felt flames that are kind of lit and moving around like a flame would, but it's obviously a fake looking flame. Mm -hmm. uh, if you see that, just watch that performance of it. It really sold me on that song, and just like all the footage that that we saw in that room was just so so good. Um, that was a, and it was a nice kind of sit down and, and enjoy this part of the, the tour where you're standing a lot of the time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that was a trip. I didn't get something in the water, but yeah, that's, that's actually one of my favorite Prince songs. So I would have loved to see that. Yeah. It also, um, I, I do like the fact that, um, they, they switch it out, obviously who knows how often, but at least, you know, they're right. not showing that same 15 or 20 minutes we saw, every day so yeah it makes going back uh you know even more reason to go back then oh yeah i absolutely do plan on going back there not just because i want to go back to minneapolis but because i want to do the i want to do the super deluxe tour yeah so. yeah it was worth it i i was uh i had gotten tickets for me and megan and uh she couldn't do it uh, so I ended up going with Andy Shaw, but I would, I would love to, to still be able to go back with her one day and have her see it. Uh, just because, I mean, it's like words just can't, we're trying here, yeah, but, and yeah. I mean, especially when we get to the end of this words cannot describe just what is going on in your head and your body as you're in these rooms. Like it is, it's otherworldly 
Like it's, it's one of the, the strongest kind of uh, senses I've ever had of being in a place where something important happened. And you can definitely, you can definitely feel it in this place all, all throughout. Oh yeah. And next is where, where I really like one of the big moments for me, like I've really felt that exactly what you're talking about. We were taken into one of the studios and it's the one where I've got the big picture of him on the wall. Yeah, yeah. You can take a photo next to it and just, man, something about being in that room, like it was just overwhelming. Yeah. It was such an overwhelming feeling. Like I did, like, and I, it was kind of funny. I, I kind of at one point was like, I could predict what the tour guy was going to say just based on like little things I've read and sure enough, oh, hit that point, hit that point. Right. And it was so cool. And then I remember stopping and we did the photo and then, they had Prince's ping pong table. I was just going to say, did you play ping pong? Yeah, I played ping pong with Prince nice. purple, with purple balls. I love it. <laughs> and there you uh, go. I almost took took someone out because uh, I'm bad at ping pong, but that was fun. Uh, that was really cool. I can say I've played with Prince's purple balls now. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. I like it. And I think that was that was the one room where they pointed out that like there was a candle in that room and that candle hadn't been moved or touched and it was... Yep how Prince had left it. They made a very specific point to point that candle out. The piano is in that room, right? Piano is behind you when you take the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I, I did also notice that now the people that take photos in that room, now they're putting a guitar in the photo, which they didn't oh, do. Oh, really? Yeah, they put one of his purple cloud guitars in the photo. So, Oh, wow. Uh, another, another reason to go back and take. I, take I don't want to jump ahead, but did you get that at the end? Uh, the photo? Oh, yeah. I got the, I got the purple with cloud. With guitar. Oh, with a guitar now. Oh, did they have a prop? No. Okay, I'll get to that at the end then. Okay, yeah, uh, that, this is why I, I'm pretty sure you did the, the the tour that was above mine, but who knows? Oh, that might have been okay. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah. that, that might have been a thing. Yeah, that that could very well be. Yeah. Then I think we moved. the The order of things is a little jumbled, but I want to say yeah. next we moved to the the other studio, and when we yeah. got in this one, uh, they they played us a clip of uh, "Black Is the New Black." Yeah. Uh, that that unreleased album and i thought that was really cool uh being in that room talking about who'd all recorded there and like you know talking about you know like the sheila e albums have been worked on in that room and the 80s stuff and that was such a trip to me because that music is so important to me and i'm like i'm standing where it started i'm standing like you know probably where prince started to work on something like you know play in the sunshine or something like that it's just so, yeah so trippy like I, that I, that was the coolest thing for me like knowing that but there's a big one I'll get to later, so I'll yeah. save it. I'll save it for that. Yeah, that was that was it was another moment where just like you don't part of you doesn't know what to do to take it all in, but you you are you're there, and it's just like wow. And then I want to say again, my order could be wrong, but I think the next thing we went into we went into this little lounge area that Prince had, which was like moon and stars and everything. Yep. Do you remember that room? Yep. That was really trippy. Like had kind of- had the candle wax dripped on the floor. Yep. That um, and there was a guitar from. Was it? Uh, uh, it was George Benson. Maybe there yeah. was a guitar on the wall. It was signed by George Benson to to Prince. Um, but I do, I do just want to ask real quick: How many did you go in two studios or one? Two. Okay, just wanted to make sure that yeah. we were on the same there. So yeah. we're probably we're probably still in sync. Yeah, that 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 little room was cool. That was kind of, if I remember correctly, that was like right off the Purple Rain room. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I think we went in it before the Purple Rain room. We did too, but it, I remember leading from there into the Purple Rain room and it was one of those moments where it was like, oh my God, yeah. like just wasn't ready for it. Yeah, that was a holy shit moment when we got in there. Like, yeah, with, and, and God. 
yeah, the motorcycles and everything, like the, seeing the script and they're playing clips from the movie. Yeah. Like, like the, they, the keyboard uh, yeah. from, from the movie and the tour. Uh, uh, yeah. Everything you can imagine about purple rain in this room. And it, and the one thing that I thought was interesting is that you get fairly close to this stuff. Uh, it wasn't like it was behind, you know, big paint. Like the, if I remember correctly, the, the middle of that was open. It was roped off, yeah. but it wasn't like behind glass or anything. You could actually like, you could see it. You get fairly close to that stuff, man. I wanted to break into that glass and open those notebooks though. Yeah. Uh, like all the notebooks no and the script, like all that shit, like, uh, you know, it'd be great if they just had like an interactive thing that just showed you you know, pages of the note, even if it was on the computer screen, I would just love to see stuff like that. But the, the cool thing about that room to me, I don't know if you had the same transition. So it was kind of like you're chilling in that little room and they're showing you uh, like closed circuit video of Prince playing basketball in the purple rain room. Did you not see that? Nope. nope okay. So that. they showed us, they showed us video of uh, it was a studio. Um, it might have just been a room that was set up with sports stuff, but they showed a clip of like a black and white clip from a closed circuit television system of Prince playing basketball in that room. And then they lead you into that room and it's become the purple rain room. So it was kind of like for me, at least, and I could be completely misremembering this, but I kind of felt like you saw this room. It was empty. Prince is playing basketball in it. And then you walk in and you see his fucking motorcycle and just all that. And that was the first spot in the tour where I just broke down. It was like just, it was the most overwhelming part of the tour to me up until that point, that purple rain room was something else. I, I think I was so like emotionally overwhelmed. Like I, I didn't have the ability to cry. I was just like, I got to take this all mm. in. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's a heavy feeling. Like it's very it's much indescribable feeling. And walking around that room was so cool. Like oh just, my god! Just, and they they gave us plenty of time in there. And then the next exhibit they told us was brand new. I don't know if you saw it, but they lead us into this room, and they told us we were going to see some of Prince's shoes. And they lead us into this oh. room, and it's all dark. And then we hear like. Kind of like imagine like a variation on the uh, announcer from the gold experience. Like, you know, the clickety click beep. Right. And there's some other stuff. And then there's a clip of Prince saying, bring, bring, bring some foot spray. It's about to get funky in here. And then, the, <laughs> and then the lights come on and you're just in this room full of Prince's shoes. And there's a, like a, there's a clear piano in the center that has shoes in it too. And there's like video of like wow. different fashion designers like talking about the the shoes they made for him over the years. Yeah, it's definitely new. That yeah. that was not there when I went. Yeah, and they took us through and like you know point out little things like you can see where like Prince had like he would dance so hard he would wear a hole in it, and like <laughs> if, if it was early in the tour and he danced too much like they would like the color in the color that had right. worn off like so if it was red and it was wearing down like someone would take in like a red sharpie and like rub it down and then that's then, amazing. After they kind of did that, they kind of let you just turn you loose and like look at stuff in there and this is the part where i again became that person entertaining the people in there that have been fans for years i'm like oh that's from the alphabet street video that's from the batman era that's graffiti bridge like like i'm i can recognize where all these shoes come from just by yep. little you know pieces of art that that's in them and people apparently were looking at me going how the heck does he know all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like oh, I, pay, I pay attention but yeah it was it was really cool like just going through all of them like and like 
seeing what eras they were from and stuff like that is the one area er, area that I really wish like, you know, I'm fine keeping most of this in my memory, but man, if I could have a camera, that's some trippy stuff. Like, like I wish I could have taken a photo of, uh, it was really cool. And then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Th- that piano in the center was some of them. I thought that was a cool design too. Cause it was like a, it was like a piano case is the best way I can describe it. it okay. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's neat. I'd like to see that. Yep. And then they took us out of that room and we're in this long hallway. Yep. And there's I remember mural, it well. Yep, there's there's a mural there of like all the like the both it's like a mixture of I think Prince Proteges and artists that have inspired him. Like oh, I think was it was it one side was like everybody that came before and then the other side was kind of uh, everybody that that he kind of I mean gave careers to we could yep, say exactly um, you That's know exactly it. I'm sure there there might have been others in there that that had careers that he worked with but you know I I take away from it primarily like the the acts that he put together and things like that um yeah that that was really cool nice touch yeah I love that I thought that looked so cool that was another yeah. one like like just trying to preserve that image in my brain as I looked at it and like just took mm-hmm. little mental notes like oh there's Apollonia there's there's Morris there's there's uh, Jill Jones, like yeah. it's it's so crazy. Like Very I thought, cool. I thought that was really cool that he had that commissioned. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I I don't know. There's you know people talk about you know Prince kind of giving some of these guys a raw deal in the end, but I think he really like the family album, the time albums. I think he mm-hmm. really respected the, those guys and their talent, and yeah. I think that that comes through when you look at that. Yeah. So very cool. Um, I. This is where I'm a little blurry, I think, and just from being emotionally overwhelmed, but I'm pretty sure the next phase of the tour was the emancipation part. Cause I remember them kind of taking us back into this area and they showed us some video footage of the emancipation era and talked about that. And you could see the tour bus out the window. I remember that as well. I remember the tour bus. I don't remember emancipation. It's possible. It's possible. I saw it, but I don't quite remember that, but I do remember them pointing out the tour bus. Yeah. I remember that. And then they told us we had to wait a second before we went to the next area. So this was some weird symbiotic moment that happened. So as we're waiting, um, one of the big parts of the trip was for me was going to Electric Fetus. I'd heard about that record store for years, like me too. Before I was even a Prince fan. And I was able to complete my Prince collection there. Nice. Oh, a jewel box version of it. Yep. With the truth. Like nice. Best 70 bucks well spent. I love it. I was one of those guys that mail ordered it directly and it, it was the one that came in the round, oh, the, bubble. Um, the round bubble case. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I was so happy I got this. And then what songs that- you start playing as we're waiting? Crystal ball. Oh, Crystal ball I love it. How, what do you, what do you think of that as a, I, I love that beginning to end that crystal ball i think it's fantastic like i don't know whether to count it as, as like an album proper because it is kind no. of like like a like a comp but it's a great listen like there, there's some good stuff on there like days of the wild yeah uh, the song crystal ball dream factory uh movie star uh poom poom i even love 18 and over which is kind of ridiculous well how can you not love 18 and over i wants to bone you exactly that's a rhyme yeah that's a rhyme yeah that I know that started out as a come remix, so that's better than the song come, I think. Yeah. yeah it, it, and again, this kind of plays into a period of time with Prince where like that was a mail order thing. It was very exciting. There were tons of problems with it. We're, we're talking infancy of the internet. You probably were not born yet. Uh, <laughs> and, 
yeah, just like, and if it took forever to, to actually get it, but when I did get it, like uh, I ripped all my print CDs, I started making my own deluxe editions. I was starting to put, <laughs> put the crystal ball stuff with the other stuff. The only thing I don't lo- love about crystal ball is it's got a big p- gap of time that it doesn't cover. It's got like a lot from this chunk of time and a lot from this chunk of time and nothing from the middle. Um, of course the deluxe versions we're getting now are filling in those gaps really nicely, yeah. but, um, beginning to end, I think crystal ball, the sequencing is great. Rapop go to Zippa. Oh, oh my man. God. Yeah. I love that song. Eric would make fun of that for years. Just that song <laughs> really? title. Yeah. I don't even think he ever heard the song. Um, but he would all, always make fun. What was that ridiculous Prince title? And I'm like, oh, Rapop go to Zippa. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> that is an excellent song about Cunnilingus. I, 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 yeah, that I love it. Uh, wait, Rapop go to Zippa, a, a, a flick of the pink plush, and this brother Trippa. That's a <laughs> that's a lyric. That yeah, that is. Woo. I talk the way I do. I learned everything I I, I know from Prince. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Crystal Ball is great, and I hope that gets a like a proper reissue because that's one of the ones that hasn't yeah. got that yet. Yeah, um, or or even if um, uh, I'd love to see them maybe kind of expand on it and make it something else. There are people that are like, you know, why why don't they just make vault releases instead of these deluxe releases? And I understand that, but I also understand presenting the album i mean to have a, a what what i don't even remember how, was it 13 discs that sign of the times box yeah, yeah like that is, yeah and <laughs> I, I and that that i have no issue with that like i i think you know give these albums the pedestal they deserve uh so i don't think that they'll ever just go the route i mean they kind of did it with originals though like yeah. uh, there there was a you know there was a play with that you know just songs he record or songs he wrote for other artists, but I do wonder if they'll ever get into like a strictly vault release that isn't something like welcome to America, where it was like a finished album, but rather like, okay, the, this is, you know, a collection of Prince outtakes pre 1999 or covering uh, bat Batman to gold or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they kind of want to do the uh, deluxe album treatment. And I, I'm cool with that. I've, I, they do such a good job on these that I think as a delivery vehicle for music, I, I prefer them, you know, between 
they're 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 just done wonderfully. The books that come in these are amazing. The vinyl, the the gatefolds for all of them, the inner sleeves, just all replicas of his handwritten lyrics and all that stuff. Like I I love that kind of stuff. And and you know every every page you turn or record you pull out has like a different piece of this in these deluxe reissues. I I love it so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 but yeah, I, I would love to see a crystal ball set. I'd, I'd like to see it or hear it sound a little better. It's, it's really, really, really hyper compressed. Um, yeah. but the music's so good that it, it hardly bothers me. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'd love to hear like a great mastered version of some of this stuff. Yeah, the only the only skip I have on the on, on in the whole set is chlorine bacon skin because it's just it's long it's long and you, you only really need to sit there once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, and it just kind of it it's the one that doesn't fit because it's it is just kind of like a jam session yep. them goofing around and doing the tricky thing. Yep. Um, whereas everything else is kind of a composed song, so yeah, I get it, and, and also that's. Uh, I even think that what it says in the liner notes might be wrong. I think that that was uh, around the time of 1999, maybe, or somewhere around there. But like, area. yeah, but everything else on, on the album is, is much later. I don't think, uh, I think 86 is where kind of like everything else starts uh, yeah. 86, 87. And then, you know, moving into like the, the later nineties um, or the mid nineties. But, but yeah, I, I, I think it's sequenced well and it's always a fun listen, you know? absolutely um yeah wow we've been, been going at this a while holy shit um let's uh so moving into the last room this is the last room for me i don't know if there was anything else on your tour that i missed but this is where we get to the room where we can take well the big the, oh this is where we get to what take our phones out at this point this next no the big studio oh the big studio yeah where they did they play a song for you and show you how the song is built yeah the uh the the uh the uh, black is the new black Oh, I okay. We got in another studio as well, I think. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so there was the studio we took the picture in. Yeah. There was another one where we just kind of walked in, <clears throat> and you could see the inside the control room. You couldn't go in there, right. but in there there were like a whole bunch of different synths and things like that. Um, and then we went into the large, I, I, when you were talking the studio, I thought you meant the smaller one. So yeah, we, we did the large one. I can't remember what song we got though. Um, but they did the kind of thing where they played it for us before, before mastering and before compression, they played, you know, started with the drum track, you know, added everything and kind of mixed the song, uh, as it went. So, yeah. So it looks like we both, we both got that part as well. So yeah, the next the next part was where we got to take our phones out. Uh, yeah, we, we got led into this big room. It's the, I guess you would call it the the soundstage area because that's it's where soundstage. Yeah, that's where Raven to the Year Two Thousand was filmed. Yep. that's where I'm sure others like that rehearsal was done in there. Like, just the the room. <laughs> funny enough, it seemed a lot smaller than I thought it would be. It uh, does seem small, doesn't it? Yeah, like, you know, especially watching the Raven to the year 2000, you'd think it's yeah. this big, massive concert venue. It's, it's really not. Yeah, it, well, which is not to say it's a small room, but when, yeah. you think, when you think about stuff that's filmed with an audience, it feels like a small room. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like I said, Raven to the year 2000, like, just watch that. It, it won't, and then go there. It doesn't feel the same. It's, it's two different, like, feels you get, but you get in there and yeah. they kind of, 
lead you up to the stage and they play a little wonderful little video presentation with some it's like a mixture of music video and then they yeah when we walked bit. in it, it was showing the guitar solo from the rock and roll hall of fame oh, so wow. it was like you couldn't pick a better thing to walk in on um and then it just kind of it, it was just like a package of random live stuff and things like that um the thing that got me about the room is i'm fairly certain that um portions of sign of the times were filmed there and the album cover might have been shot there as well uh if i remember correctly that was the one that for me is kind of like wow that's that's that that was the one for me but uh, and i wonder if it's the same stuff that we saw uh when i can't imagine they change it up that much in there but there was so much to see yeah there was a piano there was a bike there was a car i remember uh, a, a, a couple cars when I went. There might have been cars. like three cars. Yeah. Um, the 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 big um, symbol in lights that was behind him on the rave mm-hmm. uh, two thousand show, um, and and so many outfits. Just uh, every every outfit that that I could memory recall was there, yep. and it was. Um, the 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 stands that they were on were fairly high um to the point where you couldn't kind of reach out and touch them but uh you you could get close to them and get really good pictures of them yep um uh, amazing yeah uh what what else was in there did they there have was, the graffiti bridge bike when you were there i can't i can't remember if they did or not I feel like there was a bike in there, but I can't remember if it was Graffiti Bridge one. I I can tell it's the Graffiti Bridge bike because they repainted it for Graffiti Bridge. So that was the one they had. Okay. Yeah, it might have. There was also a great, um, there's like a little stage set up and they have a stand and on the stand is the 1999 jacket with the the studs on one shoulder. And that was kind of like standing up there like he was standing on stage, which was a nice touch. Uh, the piano was there. That was there. Was uh, if it's the same one, it was the piano that he used for the piano and a microphone. His last shows, but it was also not a piano. It was a keyboard fitted into a piano uh, right. shell. I guess is the best right. way to it, say it. It's it like what he used for his sampler sets, as he used to do. Oh, was that what it was? That's what I think. I'm assuming that's what it was. That because that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember speaking of that piano, that my I love the video footage, but my favorite part was at the end they had a little piano and a microphone footage of him doing Paisley Park. Oh, and that's the, great! And the last thing you hear is Paisley Park is in your heart, and the screen, and then applause, and then he's gone. Oh like wow! That, that was, yeah, that, that was touching. Okay, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. So so is is this the point where they bring you to the end for you? Uh, just about the next, the next place is the lounge. The, the one other thing oh. I wanted, the, the one other, cause, thing I, cause I had something before the lounge. Okay. Yeah. The one other thing I wanted to say is that after they uh, showed the video footage, they mm-hmm. again, it just kind of went to like the music that plays while they're there, which is just, you know, Prince music on shuffle, you could say. Right. And then again, I thought the timing of the song was perfect. They started playing still with stand all time. Oh my God. And yeah. that, was, that was just like, whew, okay. Big, big feelings. <laughs> And yeah, then, that's a that's a huge favorite of mine. That song, amazing. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, so what, what was the, uh, the next step in the tour for you? Like you mentioned something that's coming up. So, yeah, so this, this is something that is on the, um, the, the bigger, uh, package of this. So they sit you at his little, um, like right before you'd go out to go into the lounge, there's a round couch, um, with a round table in the middle and they yeah. sat everybody there for a little while to wait. And they talked about how this, this is where Prince would entertain people. And they brought out uh, memorabilia at this point, which they said um, they kind of swap out. So they brought out a, um, like a case that had like some of his cuff links. I think his guitar gun microphone was in there. Oh, cool. Um I can't quite remember, but there was, I mean, it was just like a little, uh, a case with, you know, four or five things in it. And then they brought out a, uh, a, a cloud guitar of his that you could hold while they took a picture uh, of you and they gave you white gloves to hold it. They asked you not to play it. Um, but um, I, I don't know the uh, vintage of the guitar. We, I should say, um, it also in the atrium in the very beginning, there was a very nice, um, I think it was the hallway where the bathrooms are. There are some stands that had guitars in them that were beautiful. Um, really, really nice. Um, did you use the bathroom on the tour? I did not. I was, I, I think I was like just rendered unable to do anything other than take it in. Yeah. I, I went to the bathroom and I, I, I just had to wonder if there was ever a time that Prince stood at the same urinal. <laughs> Uh, you know, just because who, who knows, you know, I'm sure uh, obviously bathrooms all around the place, but you know, he could have been walking down that hallway and, you know, need to let go of a slash, you know, who knows? Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but so they, they bring out a guitar. I think it was like a peach color guitar. Yep. Somebody somewhere in, uh, thought it might've been the guitar that you see on the ground of the sign of the times album cover. There's a guitar just laying on the ground. Yeah. And then I read something about how that guitar was painted and became one of the ones that he played, but I don't know, whatever it was, they just said it was one of Prince's guitars. They didn't talk about, um, you know, anything regarding his connection to it. Right. I remember so seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember seeing that photo and thinking, Holy shit. He's holding the guitar from the, Sign of the Times movie because it looks like the one he plays during I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man. Right, right, that too. So uh, yeah, I I always meant to kind of look into that because I'm sure other people. I mean, I'm I'm hardly the Prince fanatic that a lot of other people are. I kind of am when it comes to the songs and recording dates and sessions. But uh, there are people that you know obviously know, know much more about his gear than I do, and I'm not really a guitar guy. So I, I'd be curious if there's any comments out there about where where it comes from um so yeah they took our picture with the guitar and that was a cool little thing and then they let us into the lounge and you can take it from the lounge yep uh they led us into like the lounge area and it was really cool as another little stage uh, a lot smaller they yep. talked about you know prince would entertain people in here like they mentioned tonight you know madonna sat like really close to the stage and he serenaded her all night yeah, and stuff like that, and that was really cool. I remember that part feeling kind of brief, uh, but they they, they yeah. had us in there for a little bit, and then they said like you, could, you know you could purchase snacks or something, you can hang out in here a little bit, and then there's the gift shop, and that was kind of that was kind of it. Okay, uh, they but, served us. Okay, uh, uh, just like a <clears throat> a can of soda and like a cookie, but they talked about how Prince would, and I think there was actually. I don't know if I'm imagining this or if I heard it afterwards, but I feel like there was someone on our tour 
that was talking about how, um, and I mean, it's amazing that you could do this, like towards the end of his career, you could go see these shows if you were close by and like, they were very, very intimate affairs. And there were people that were talking about how Prince would make cookies and come out and like serve the audience cookies. And that was kind of like the, the thought of it. I was just like, man, if, if I would have known about something like this, like it was the kind of thing that you'd never knew when it was going to happen. Right. But if it was happening and it was announced and you were close, you got a shot of getting in. Uh, so right. uh, I'm sure there are many fans that have great memories of nights like that, because that was not a large room. No, not at all. That lounge. But you could also, the stage was set up like a band was going to play, like his microphone, the mic stand with the symbol on it was Mm -hmm. there. You could walk right up to it and get a picture. Um, You could actually, I'm fairly certain, you could theoretically walk on that stage. I don't remember anything separating you from the stage. Um, Not that anybody tried that, but I, I don't recall it being uh roped off or anything so again i was amazed at how much stuff you could get really really close to uh but yeah that the lounge was uh, i thought a nice kind of way to end um uh did they did they kind of tell you stories about how he would play there and... yep yep there, there were stories about madonna and a few other that i've probably forgotten now because mm-hmm. again i was just like this is so cool like I, yeah it's like i'd heard i'd heard like you i'd heard about those stories but I, again i imagined the room being much bigger yeah um and just the thought of prince someone like prince coming out and serving you cookies like that that's just a trip in my mind like i can only imagine imagine have a chocolate chip cookie Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that'll play into my gift shop story too but uh so did you get anything and then of course it routes out through the gift shop yep i i got a shirt i got a hat i got a sweater i got you did uh, all right i got larry graham's uh solo album he produced oh wow yep uh and i i got a prince pin and i got a necklace okay yep yeah i got a um i got some guitar picks i feel like i got this uh, maybe it was it a symbol pin maybe it was a, a symbol yeah, I, on something i got i got that okay um did you did they give you your pictures on a cool little paisley yep. park uh usb slidey thing yep. um and they had uh they had a bunch of vinyl and CDs, like all the remasters and stuff like that. Um, The shirts uh, that I wanted, they did not have in my size. Andy was kind enough since I gave him the ticket to buy me one of the Paisley park books. Nice. They had a couple, a couple different ones. They had like one on his guitars, one on the building. And then there was another one. I can't remember. Oh, maybe his outfits or something like that with like all of the design specifications and like the drawings of his outfits and things like that might have been that um but they also had uh and i wish i could remember what it was it was some kind of like peanut butter uh baked treat but there was a sign there saying that when prince would work all night in the studio he this is what he would snack on all night for protein um so of course i bought like two of them to see if I could write a joy in repetition. It, it didn't, it didn't happen, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, and were they showing the Super Bowl performance in the um, gift shop? I don't remember actually. I don't. But... Okay. If you're, if, if you're looking at like the counter and you turn to your left 90 degrees, there was like a, a wall of TV screens that formed one big picture 
and they were showing the Super Bowl, I assume on a loop because we saw it end and then begin again. Okay. So whoever works there knows that 20 minute set very, very, very well. <laughs> all they listen to all day, every day. But um, yeah, uh, I really wanted one of the tambourines. I think they were expensive, but they looked yeah, so cool. The tambourines with the symbol. Um, and it wasn't even like a tambourine where the, uh, where the skin had the symbol printed on it. It was like molded into the middle of the plastic. It was really, really cool looking. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, again, uh, uh, that could be my mind playing tricks on me, but I seem to remember that's how it went. Um, but yeah, so good. I'd love to do it again. I, I totally recommend it. You know, oh, yeah. even uh, Baco, who uh, I, I referred to uh, a while ago, <laughs> lovingly as Jacko, um, he went shortly after I did. And I, I don't think he's a very big Prince fan. I think his wife is more of a Prince fan. But uh, I, he loved it as well. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that you just, you have to see. It's it's just a, the marvel of it, even if the music is only slightly your thing, just the, everything there is just so overwhelming. And what a, what a tribute, you know? Yeah, he really managed to build a little world for himself that he could exist yeah. and thrive in. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's, it's all so him. You know, mm -hmm. like you, you, uh, you don't get the impression that other people came in and, and made this touristy. There's nothing about it that doesn't scream out Prince, even if it was embellished to whatever state after he died to make it more quote unquote touristy. It doesn't come off that way. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it all seems very genuine, respectful, and, um, just all encompassing when, uh, when you go through it yeah it was it was something else it I, I it's actually got me wanting to go back and listen to the episode that i did with andy about it because now i'm wondering if my memories now are the same as you know a week after yeah because uh, we're going back a few years it was it was pre-covid for me probably just pre-covid yeah I probably think that was 2019 wasn't it yeah it would have been the the winter oh, yeah yeah i remember that because the 1999 box that had just come out Right, right. So we're we're three months away from from COVID at that point. So, yep. yeah, uh, crazy. If we'd only known then what we know now. <laughs> oh my God! Right. Yeah, that, but yeah, I'm I, I went and I'm glad I did. Uh, we had masks on the whole time, but it, okay. it, it was it was a trip. Uh, I, I totally want to go back. I want to do the longer tour. Um, do Do you remember your 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 uh, tour guide's name or what they look like? I I don't blonde lady. I remember that. Okay. Because ours was like an older guy, I think, like gray hair. Okay, no. Uh, well, definitely not the same person. Yeah, no. She 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 said she'd worked there a while. I remember that, but okay. Yeah, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. Yeah, it was one of those things as I was going through it. I was like, you know, this is a job I could do and be happy with. You yeah, know? like like I, I was I was like in my head making notes, like, okay, did she is she gonna mention this? Oh, she did. Oh, she missed this. Yeah, uh, like I I like you you just have all this knowledge in your head that you can like spit out because you're around it. Yeah. Was there, um, were there any questions that, uh, it seems they couldn't answer because there were, there were quite a few things that I feel like had a very generic non-answer that was probably like, if, if you could ask this, say this, I don't remember that on, honestly, but that, that would make sense. I'm sure there's stuff where it's like, uh, play to the play to this narrative. Yeah. Like there were specific things being asked about the studio and I just know enough about music to know that what the guy was saying was not right. right. Uh, but it was more like technical stuff. It wasn't, 
you know, it, it wasn't anything really of consequence, but um, right. did anybody ask uh, about him dying on the tour? We no. got that. No, yeah. That was, no. that was a bit of a weird moment. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure I, I, I wouldn't, you know, that's, it, it's a, it's a weird area. Like I, I just, I get why you would want to bring it up, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we're celebrating his life. Come yeah. On. I kind of feel like you can get that question answered outside of the building by just like looking on the internet you know it, it kind of I, I don't really know that you need to accost the tour guide with questions you know yeah. about that so that was that was probably really the only the only a bit of bummer to me was kind of like that that moment yeah yeah that, that, that would probably be the only down that down part i don't remember any moments like that for me it was just all Ah, just taking it all in, just being like, I'm, I'm here, I'm seeing this, and I can't believe I'm seeing this. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I definitely want to go back, and I, I, keep, I keep saying we got to go back to Minneapolis because I, I enjoyed being there so much. It, yeah. I did not expect to like that city that much because I, I know what it's like to grow up in the Midwest, and to be in the Midwest and see signs that say like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, like it, it, it felt like I was in alien terrain, but in a good way. Like yeah, I, did not, I yeah. did not expect that. So yeah, yeah. Minneapolis. Did you see Baco when you were there? I did not. It was a, even right. better. Even better. <laughs> it, it was it was a very short trip because uh, we were flying to Ohio for a wedding. After that, so uh, we were there. Like I think we got we got in one day. Next day was Paisley and record stores, and we went and had dinner. And then the next day was like the mall of america and some other stuff and then the day after that we flew out so yeah it was- I, I i do have to say i joke about baco but he was my tour guide and it picked me up from the airport we went record shopping and eating the first day it was it was magnificent i couldn't have asked for anyone better to hang with sorry andy uh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but but baco was a great first day guide uh, i wish i would have seen more of them uh, i got sick while i was there oh, and no. uh, our plans to hang out uh, the last couple of days I was there just fell through, but even so he insisted on coming by in the morning and doing breakfast and taking me to the airport. And, uh, so I, am very thankful to him. And of course, Andy, uh, it was, it was great to see Andy, uh, glad I got to experience this with him. Um, cause that was super fun as well. Um, so yeah, good. Uh, got to see two good friends there while I was there and, uh, just what a, what a wonderful trip it was. Yeah, next time we'll have to hang because, like, next time I'm like, Definitely. we got to stay longer because I, I like being there so much. Yeah, so. I, I have such a weird um, love for the Mall of America. It's probably the most touristy thing on the planet. But for some reason, like, I, I when I used to go to Minneapolis, I would go to see a Christmas uh, show put on by an artist that I was into. And um, after the first year that I went to with my girlfriend, I, I went alone for probably the next three or four and I would just like walk to the mall of America and just walk around the mall. And it was just like, I, I always got a sense of the holidays that I just never got at home. Like, it's like, it's like Christmas times a million. Uh, and even just like the, the touches in the hotel, like the Christmas tree in the hotel, it was like, though, this is, this is my Christmas. It was a, a nice little microcosm for me. So it's a, it's a habit I'd love to get back into. It's just finding the money to do things yeah. like that now uh but I, I i do love it there it's that is probably my favorite place ever 
that I've ever been. I just love, love Minneapolis. Yep. Yep. I will be going back probably not this year, but, and I'm, I'm already thinking like 2023, like I want, I want to go back and like stay a week if I can. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it's, it's so wonderful there. Yeah. I think Uh, I did like five days. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, I, I will. I will say the Mall of America was a little horrifying this time because uh, Midwest not a lot of masks. Yeah, not a lot yeah, of masks. That's true. And the mall was packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I believe it. That that, that was a thing. Uh, I'm curious. Was the artist Carrie Noble? It was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have never been in. I, I to. I, I don't think I have. Uh, I have not been in Minneapolis on any month that was not December. So I've never experienced anything but their most extreme cold. Uh, but yeah, Carrie Noble is an artist that um, I got into around 90 or uh, 2004. And then um, uh, she played like a show near me. And then I saw that she was playing a Christmas show in Minneapolis. And I was like, oh, I'll go see this. And it was just so, so great. And I did that for, I think, nine years in a row uh and miss it terribly it was it was such a good time just just everything about it was just like the perfect holiday trip for me yeah very cool yeah uh yeah i can only imagine like i i i sometimes miss the midwest winters and don't so yeah i i I did it in i want to say like the last time i did a midwest winter was 26 yeah 2016 i went back Mm -hmm. to north dakota for christmas and that that was a rough one so oh boy. I, I need i probably need to wade back into it but, but a little more but then again i was out in the middle of nowhere on a right. farm on a farm <laughs> like so yeah that'll do it yeah being in the city i'm sure is a little better yeah but, you know it's it's funny i, I w- i've been looking at your shirt and just thinking about print shirt i keep seeing the word okay oh let's sacrifice toby okay because i kept seeing let's and i think let's pretend we're married and i kept seeing sacrifice and i kept thinking sacrifice of victor and i was wondering <laughs> if the if the let if whatever words were on there were going to be more prince words because i didn't see anything under let's <laughs> sacrifice <laughs> no this was just totally the result of okay i'm podcasting early in the morning <laughs> that'll do <laughs> yeah no this fair, is fair like, enough i get it it's yeah like a, it's like a line of like shirts where they take these like an innocent little children things and make them like satanic. like children's books covers yeah like there's like yeah. how to care for your demon cat let's sacrifice right. toby you know yeah it, it's, it's fun stuff like that i love they're I love they're it. fantastic oh uh, yeah this has been so much fun craig thanks for yeah thank you. you no you, thank you it's always fun having you on the show this is the first one we've done since uh we did one in december actually for yep. michael nesbeth that did really well so yeah thanks uh, i still want to have you back for lana del rey that's that's on my like list of future episodes. So yeah, you see, I need to get these outtakes because after you mentioned that yeah. when we last spoke, <laughs> um, I did not realize there was a Wikipedia page mm-hmm. on her outtakes with extreme notes about yep. each one. Like I, I would not have thought that there was any sort of sessionography info for Lana Del Rey, but uh, the, the notes on these outtakes were fantastic. Now, the problem with me is that you know I'm a completist, yep. so I need to find all of these, uh, which uh, I, I imagine won't be the easiest task. So, yeah. so either we stick to the albums, or I, I dive into this world of 
bootleg stuff and i'm i'm fairly nervous about it <laughs> well i was thinking of the albums but we'll see hey you, you know there's st- there's leftovers that are definitely worth talking about so yeah I, I was amazed like when the new album came out and you were like rattling off what songs and i'm like what why does he 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 is more into this than I thought he was because when you when you mentioned it in the episode and just said oh there's tons of unreleased things and then the new album comes out and you're like yeah so this one and this one and this one I was like whoa yeah, you yeah, uh yeah. you you do do the work yeah yeah no like I I always say when I found pods and saws I found a kindred spirit with with you like that like likes to dive into that world of like what else is out there so yeah just thinking in, in an alternate universe Eric Miller could have been making fun of you. <laughs> for your uh your musical obsessions instead of me yeah that, that, this is true <laughs> if, if i've been born a little sooner instead of in 1993 yeah and it's uh i mean no more evident is it than on this call like some of the tracks that you like when you pull out there's others here with us like that's not a that's not even a prince fan who's been listening to prince for five years track <laughs> like that's yeah. uh that's going in deep into my childhood and uh, illegal bootleg records. <laughs> so that kind of stuff makes me very, very happy, especially I, I never owned um, like a lot of bootleg prints on vinyl. I had um, like maybe two or three things. So like that song in particular just has a very strong uh, memory with me just for listening to it on vinyl at the age of 15, 16. It's so crazy. Yeah, I, I remember like there's a, there used to be a playlist of like unreleased print stuff on YouTube. To varying, oh, really? Yeah, to varying quality were the were these uh, de- demos, some some ranging from very listable to some kind of shaky at best. Like I remember yeah. there was there was Dance with the Devil on there. There's others. Yeah. There's others here with us. Those are the two I really remember. They were the the two really dark ones, and there was some other stuff on there too that I just can't remember at the moment. But yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of how I, you know, I was like, when I really got into it, I'm like, I have to hear everything. Like what else is out there? Yeah. And then to find out that like, there, there's like such a backlog. It's like, it's insane. Like, like, Oh, my Prince directory. Exists. Yeah. My Prince directory is ridiculous. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the nice thing about it is that, you know, so many CD compilations came out in the eighties and nineties, jewel box being one of the first ones that was a three CD set that was just like a bunch of outtakes with no thought to the order they were in and so many prints bootlegs are this way um years ago on the internet i found something called the work which somebody went through and probably with the help of the vault book because it lines up very closely chronologically you know assembling these into eras that make sense and you know for me it was years of trying to do this from all of the random shit i had you know so like i took all of these tracks ripped them cross-reference with the book i'm trying to put all this stuff in order and somebody went and did it and it's got you know 10 times as much stuff as i owned then so anybody that's out there that is looking for unreleased prints bootleg prints if you can find it's called the work i think it was like 20 or 30 cds it was a lot but it's a chronological just from what i understand everything that was circulating it's definitely definitely worth your time if if you're interested at all in that kind of thing there's my new goal Um, there you go i can hook you up and definitely (laughs) the the deluxe sets can't recommend those enough either they're definitely worth the money 
absolutely can't wait for the next one uh, uh, yeah I, I hate to run but yeah I, I i gotta i gotta jump but this has been so much fun thanks for doing this this is probably going to be the this year's prince episode so oh well thank uh, you I, i'm so always much. always just surprised that anybody wants to chat about this stuff or hear my voice so uh <laughs> it's it's always an honor to be included and and thank you for for doing so uh, no worries, man. Uh, we'll, th there'll be more podcasting in the future. And I love talking to you. So next time, I'm the Sly Dog. Peace, love, may you see the dawn. Hunda Lasilia. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.